Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. All right. I can't keep the people waiting. Cannot. Any freaking long. You want to know why? Because typically our weekly guest, A.B., Oh, and he's not Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Not oh. Antonio Brown, even though he did drop a bombshell. It'd be cool if we could substitute this AB for that AB because we'd probably be the best show in the world, even though we are already right now. But this AB will do from Sportsline. He comes every single week, but this week he said, you know what? I got to bring a friend. You know the drill, sir. <laughs> Jonathan Coachman. Joining us on the Roman guest line. The Sportsline crew is here. Fellas, how are we doing? I got to tell you, I'm going to jump in first before A.B. talks. I got to tell you, when he told me that you guys wanted me on, I was thrilled. Got so much respect for you guys. He did not tell me that he was also coming on. So I, 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 have, I have an issue, but, but I'll try to get through it. I'm thrilled to be on with you guys. Good evening. It's, we'll give you your own weekly segment, Coach, if you yeah, want coach, it, you all can, by yeah, yourself. Yeah, you can come hang out with us. We're in D.C. Where are you at? Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, A.B. never told me that. If I knew I could get my own segment, you know me. I've got a huge ego. Of course I want my own segment. Listen. Let's do it every week. Let's go. It's funny because uh, A.B. did slide me a DM and said, the only way I get you coach is if I'm still on the show. And I was like, you know what? We have to sacrifice for the greater good. Coach is welcome. My first question to both of you guys is, has nothing to do with sports. How's the Chick-fil-A partnership going, you guys? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll jump in for Coach on this one. Uh, No, no, uh, well, uh, the funniest thing is this, is that, you know, me and Coach have been making jokes about it and and dropping it, you know, in the show. We look up, like, a couple weeks ago, and Chick-fil-A's doing it. They're doing the exact bit that we were talking about. I know, we were like, come on, man. Like, we should have, you know what, it's on us. We should have trademarked it first, even though, you know, trademarking their brand, that might be a little difficult, but still, you know. That's tremendous. And and that's that's the thing, is that, we had a lot of people that would DM us and say, why are you guys using Chick-fil-A nugget of the day? You know nobody at Chick-fil-A gambles. Nobody's in sports betting. <laughs> and then literally like two days later, we see the Chick-fil-A nugget of the night. And so we know they do it. Hey, if it's good business, they're going to do it. But here's the thing, guys. The, the greatest part about Sportsline and the Early Edge and AB and my entire crew is that when people copy what we do, it's so flattering. So we're never going to yep. say anything. If you want to copy us, Go for it. I, I think it's very flattering. You can't copy respect, Coach. You can't. Coach, Amen. <laughs> Coach, I came from an, a non-traditional place in media called uh, Barstool Sports. Uh, and they mm-hmm. think of themselves as a hybrid between reality TV and the WWE themselves. Wild combo, by the way. Uh, and that shaped my lens quite a bit, not only on like content, but the business uh, and just my place in the media landscape how do you think working for the WWE impacted you in getting into sports media and how you think about things? Was it a, was it a help? Was it a hindrance? Both and, and why? Great question. Great question because I've had to deal with it. it it's so funny because everybody because, – because I kind of knocked the door down. There had never been somebody that had gone from the WWE straight to ESPN. And because of one lady, she hired me. And I won't get into the whole long story, but when I got there, there's a lot of executives that are still there to this day. And I always like to say they like to protect their pension. They're boxing out their pension. They don't care about making things better. They don't care about opening doors. They care about themselves. And so when I got there, I fought and I fought and I fought because first they didn't want me there because they didn't think I had the sports knowledge. They didn't think I had the chops because of where I'd come from. And once we got in and I got my opportunities and I got my own radio show and started doing Sports Center and filling in for Stephen A., 
a lot of that went away. But then when I tried to do WWE my last three years, they fought me on that until they saw the ratings. So I will tell you this, that <laughs> the way it's helped me is my performance, uh, how I speak. I learned everything that my entire style I learned from The Rock, but then also it certainly hurt me. And so when I left after 10 full years, I knew that I would do something else much bigger because wherever I went would not hold me back like ESPN did. And now at CBS, man, you see what we're doing every single day. It's so much fun, and I'll never leave. I'll be here for the rest of my career. Man, that's awesome. And, Coach, like I grew up a huge wrestling fan. I still have the network. But all I have it for, I don't even watch the current pay-per-views or Raw or SmackDown anymore. I just go back and I watch the Attitude Era, man. And my favorite segments yeah. were you and The Rock, obviously. But So you have this traditional you know, broadcasting background. How do you make that transition when you become like an on-air character, right? Like, because then, I mean, you were the assistant to Eric Bischoff, I believe, in like yeah. 2003. How, how do you go from, I don't think I could go from being a broadcaster to a superstar. And I mean, a play, you, and a you had a match. Yeah, so how, how did well, you do that, man? They, well, here's the thing. I'm 6'3", and, and, you know, I play <laughs> basketball at about 215 pounds. I walk around as an adult at 240, 250 pounds. Vince likes his announcers to be very, very small. So it makes the superstars look bigger. So after the first two or three years, Vince just kept getting pissed at me because I was just bigger than a lot of the guys. So he came up to me. We were working out in the WWE gym. I would be in there with him three or four days a week. And he says, hey, coach, what if we try this? You can talk. You can take a beating. You're going to have to learn how to, to – we call it bumping in professional wrestling. But I'm very proud of the fact that I got my ass kicked by the very best in the business for years, but you got to be able to take it. And you never know how tough you are until you seriously get body slammed or speared or put through a table, all the different things that I did. But I'll tell you this, what it taught me was I'm a lot tougher than I thought I was. Mm. And that no matter what you think you're capable of, you're capable of so much more. And when I became a heel and did all that for those three, four, five years, it was the most fun I've ever had. But it also taught me that there's nothing that I can't do. But there's also nothing I can't help others do. And I think A.B. will tell you right now, all I care about is making sure everybody else is great, focused on, and is successful in our brand with what we're doing. It drives me every single day, and I love it. We're joined now by Alan Bell and Jonathan Coachman of CBS Sports Line here in the Roman Guest Line at BetMGM tonight. Uh, A.B., I didn't forget about you. I know the Jonathan Coachman love is, is very uh, prevalent. It's but you know what, right Coach, I'm moving you to the side because our A.B. guy needs right, some love here. Right. He's just sitting here listening to the phone lines. <laughs> he's, he's sad, so I'm going to ask him some football questions. <laughs> A.B., we got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles uh, on Saturday. Saturday football is always great. Um, right now, this spread is seven. Now, the motivation for both teams is questionable because you have both teams who have already clinched a playoff spot. But Dallas has not looked like the same. Dallas and the Eagles, I mean, I guess they're happy to get in, but they kind of want to make a, a statement as well. What are you doing with this game? Also, the spread is 42 and a half. I need you to come here and educate and entertain. <laughs> well said right there. Nice drop. Uh, let me say also, I love sitting here listening to the coach as well. I can listen to these stories <laughs> yeah. all day long. He's the man. I know. Yeah, beat He's it, Alan. Look. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I want to ask him about no, Taker. Like you, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say, like, this game, man, like, you're right. Like, you nailed it. Like, both teams, there's really no motivation whatsoever. I mean, Dallas, you know, could move up theoretically, you know, in their seating. Philadelphia, you know, is stuck. Plus, we have COVID issues on both sides, right? So if you're looking at a spread this large, I would say lean with the home team. And, in fact, the home team has won and covered the last six straight between these two teams. So when you're looking at a big number like that, 
Uh, you know, it's probably a game. I don't know if a lot of people honestly are going to quite play it. Um, also, you know what? Take a look. I'll, I'll give you a nugget here. I'll give you your Chick-fil-A nugget of the day here. Nice. Yeah. The last, the last two seasons in the NFL, the last week of the regular season. All right. The over is 22, nine and one in games. It's about 69%. Mm, nice. So, yeah. So <laughs> pay attention to that. But I would say, we you have a big spread, just kind of leave with the home team here. Uh, okay, so, Coach, I will not ask you any more WWE or WWF questions, but I know that, like you said, like you're the point guard of, I mean, we're all big fans of the show, so you kind of set Allen up, send Mike, set Mike up. You're like the point guard, but I know you're also a big golf guy. Any uh, yeah. outrights, any matchups, anything that you're looking to play maybe this weekend in the Century Tournament of Champions? I think we're all excited to get golf back this weekend, especially with college football ending. Guys and ladies, I'm so excited that golf is coming back tomorrow. And, and I got to tell you, I, I, I listened to a podcast that Brendan Steele did middle of last year, and it really changed how I'm going to bet on golf moving forward. I'm still going to handicap. I'm still going to give it out. I'm actually scheduled to do eight PGA Tour events this year wow. already. It could be 10 or 11. I'm not sure. They just made the announcement we're going to ESPN+. Plus. I'm super excited about it. But here's the thing I want everybody that's listening to you right now to understand, that we notoriously go back and forth different players every week. Stick to the same three or four. Stick to the same three or four and grind it out. What I mean by that is this. This week, Justin Thomas is minus 113 against John Rahm. I'm going to ride Justin Thomas until the wheels fall off. Now, he might lose to John Rahm, but over the course of the whole year, if I play Justin Thomas, who's always going to be head up against Rahm or Speed or Cantlay or any of these top guys, I'm going to win more than I lose. Yeah. So I'm going to stick to three different bets every single week, and it's going to be basically the same three guys, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, and John Rahm. And if you do tournament matchups, you can give a, a – a stroke or two or two strokes, and over the course of four days, that's nothing. But a lot of people think it's a lot. So Justin Thomas is a two-time champ. Also, bet on him to win. He's plus 900. Normally, I would never recommend that, but there's only 38 players. So there's a lot of value on him. Xander Shoffley at plus 1,300, and then Colin Morikawa as well. Coach, I, I hate to ask you one more WWE question, but you mentioned being <laughs> a heel, and that was yeah. essentially two years of me being at Barstool Sports, which is like a totally different. That's honestly what Dave Portnoy called me, the greatest heel. He called me the Iron Shake of Barstool Sports. How was it for you? Uh, how was it for you? Because it was hard. It was like a a difficult place for me to be to be hated, but also loved to troll. Like, what was that experience like for you? And did you feel like people came? <laughs> up to you and said negative things to you out in the street? It, it happened all the time. The, the night that I turned heel was one of the greatest nights of my career. It was SummerSlam, Phoenix, Arizona, 2003, and we had set this up, you know, five, six weeks before where I had followed Eric Bischoff around doing interviews with him. So when I came out to the ring, it was just like, oh, there's Coach again, and he's going to interview Bischoff when he's done wrestling Shane McMahon. Little did they know, I was going to attack Shane with four chair shots to the back. I'm telling you, if you've never hit somebody with a chair, it's the greatest feeling <laughs> in the world. However, here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. They throw me into the ring. He gives me a kidney shot, and I swear to you, I could not breathe for 15 to 20 seconds. Oh and I thought my heel career is going to end right here in the ring, and I'm going to die. But, of course, I started breathing again. Obviously, I'm talking to you tonight. But when I got back to the hotel that night, people were like, this is the greatest heel turn in the history of the business because wow. they never saw it coming. An announcer straight to a heel using a chair 
fighting Shane McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But then after that, you have to make it believable. And so that's what we did because guess what? If you can talk, you can be a heel. It, didn't, it doesn't matter how good you can wrestle. It matters how good you can talk and make the people hate you. So a lot of what happened on my radio show is people be like, you suck, you're terrible. I'd be like, but you don't even know me. And they're like, oh, wait, we just wanted to be a heel to you so you would be a heel to us like you were on TV. <laughs> and I'm like, but we're not in a TV show in real life. <laughs> and a lot of people, even to this day, still think it's real, and they'll come at me just so I undress them verbally, which I'm more than happy to do. And all my cameos that I do, I've done in the last year and a half, 978 wow. cameo videos. Wow. And I would say that 400 of them are me talking trash to somebody for somebody else. <laughs> and it's so much fun. So being a heel, you just have to embrace it. You can't worry about uh, no matter what you do. And I would say from tonight going forward, if you're going to be a heel, embrace all of it. Because guess what? Not very many people can. And if you've got a nickname and you've got a storyline and you've got a way you're going to do it, embrace it on your show tonight. You don't have to be a bar stool to be a heel. Be a heel on your show. That's what that's what we love to hear, Coach. Johnson so Coach, Coach. in your debut. Thank you so much for joining us. AB is going to stick around for one more. We'll let you go, Coach. Thank you once again for joining the show.